Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. And welcome back to another episode of Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast. It's your host, your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, here with you. And I am so excited because I have to share with you today one of my coaches is here. Scott Conway is also known as Grandmaster Scott, and that's Scott with one T. Hello, Scott. Welcome to the show. Hello. I am so excited to be here too. Yay. Well, before we get into our conversation, let me tell everyone why it's such a big deal that you're here. I'm going to give them a little bit of your history now. Grandmaster Scott started in martial arts in 1971 and earned the rank and title of Grandmaster after 45 years. He's the author of 44 books, all of which can be found on Amazon. He's a teacher of 33 programs, and he's been seen in magazines since the 1980s, as well as newspapers, radio, television, and even a movie. Oh, we're going to talk a little bit about that because that's just fun. Also a lawyer, real estate broker, pastor, a PhD, a JD, and generally person with a crazy resume. Now those are his words, not mine, <laughs> which he attributes to his superpowers of ADHD and dyslexia. Today, Grandmaster Scott, or Scott with one T, is best known outside of martial arts for his new coaching way, although it's, it's new to me, but it's not new to him. It's called the Ohana Way, and his courses, coaching, and masterminds related to Ohana, a Hawaiian ideal of everything positive about family. So thanks for being here and sharing your Ohana with my listeners, Scott. Oh, I am certainly very, very happy to. So Tell us a little bit about, let, let's start with the Grandmaster Scott title, because that, that really does sound like a big deal. What's the title from, and what did it take to earn that? It is a martial arts title from Guardian Kempo Kajuko Do, which is the name of the martial art that I teach and that I had. And Grandmaster in my style is ninth degree black belt. It typically takes 43 years to earn, and I did it in 45 years flat. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And so, you know, I also mentioned in your in your bio intro there that you do have a crazy resume and oh, you say yes. you say that ADHD and dyslexia are your superpowers. How does that work in your world? Well, in my world, part of ADHD, we call it attention deficit, but really it's sort of an overabundance of attention. The brain gets grabbed by every single thing that comes along and it grabs our attention. Well, one of the tricks I learned when I was young is to hold on to the thing I was already thinking about as my primary attention shifted. And so that helped me start to go between multiple things that were useful and start to put them together. And my dyslexia, kind of, I, sometimes I see things forwards and backwards and it skips pieces and all that stuff. Well, what that helps me do in regular life is 
look at things forwards and backwards and relationships, you know, upside down and, and the, from the other way to, to see how everything works. And when you put those two together, it kind of lets you do a lot of different things all at the same time. Because the, my resume shows I did a whole bunch of things all at the same time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's one of the things that I, I have to say, because I've known you, I think, for three years now. I think we first met in 2017. And just the sheer scope of everything that you have mastery of, it seems, just amazes me. You know, you've got your law degree, your PhD in in religion. Is that correct? I do spend a long time in school. There you, you go. Know if, if you spend enough time in school and you read what they tell you to read and you write what they, they tell you to write, they give you letters after your name and send you away. <laughs> I love that. Yes, exactly. Right. So let's dive into the Ohana stuff, because that's really that's how I came to know you as a coach was getting to know your Ohana way, your Ohana coaching. And so let's get into the history of where that came from a little bit, because you were born in Hawaii and you created this system so that people other people could share Ohana. Give us a little bit more history behind that. Well, it started with my mother's success, my success, followed by my abject failure. That mm. I was born in Hawaii. My mother grew up in Hawaii. We were born in the same hospital, me in uh, the state of Hawaii and her not in the United States because Hawaii became a state in 1959. We were born in the same hospital. Though. When we came to the mainland, she built Ohana in the neighborhood. And so we had this collection of, I don't know, half a dozen families that, that worked on Hawaii rules. So I grew up with Ohana in elementary school. When I was in junior high and high school, I built my own Ohana. When you're kids, kids tend to be parent reference. That means the parents can do it for us. When we're teenagers, adolescents tend to be peer reference. And so I could do it with my peers. By the time you get into your 20s, then you shift to socially referenced. And I found that it was a lot harder to build because it was alien to the culture that I was working in. So I built Ohana in my own individual group, and it worked really well until it didn't. Mm. And because I didn't have a vocabulary, I didn't have kind of a, a diagnostic place to see what was going on. I didn't have the vocabulary to have effective communication about it. I just kind of watched it disintegrate and I couldn't figure out why. I had this idea that, well, I, I show up as this, I embody it. Shouldn't I just sort of attract like-minded people? Isn't that the way it's supposed to work? And as much as I really, to this day, wish it did, it doesn't. And I went through this kind of phase where I thought, okay, I guess you know, mainland Ohana is just, it, it, it's a teenage thing. It's a high school thing. It doesn't work in adult life. And it's time to you know, just be a grown-up and lead, lead you know, regular adult life, detached, isolated. And I, I thought about, you know, moving to Hawaii because I have family there. So I would have built in Ohana. I know what it's like just showing up and just plugging in and this, you know, Hawaii rules apply because it's Hawaii. And, and then something struck me 
And it was like in the early 90s that I had the answer. And I had had the answer being taught to me since 1971. And that the answer was to systemize it. Because in martial arts, in the chaos of combat, we train to deal with it with a very systematic approach to martial arts. And that gives us a way to know what's the right way, what's the wrong way, how do you talk about it, how do you correct it, what's your baseline, all of that stuff. And I thought, wait a second, what if I built this like a martial art so that we could have this mutual understanding? What if I could define it as cleanly as we define like a kata and break down the details? And so that way I could have discussions and you could kind of diagnose when it's aligned and when it's getting misaligned before it's just falling apart. And I began to put together what I grew up with in a systematic way. And I field tested it in my martial art. And it began with, here's the general idea, the Hawaiian ideal of family and everything that's positive about family. And the more cleanly defined it as oasis, harmony, assertiveness, nobility, and aloha. And then to kind of unpack that and sort of dig that 10 layers deep. And then it worked. Hmm. That's awesome. And I think that one of the things that, you know, you really kind of skimmed over pretty quickly was that Ohana, O-H-A-N-A, stands for something. Each each one of those letters has a, a concept behind it that helps people begin to understand this, you know, I have interpreted it as a way of being, right? Mm-hmm. In, it is. Right? It, it, it's a way of being. And what attracted me as soon as I heard Ohana, because I, I heard Ohana from my other coach, because she knew you first. And she said, you've got this amazing thing. Why aren't you teaching other people how to do it? And you in you had said, well, I am at my dojo. And she said, no, 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 the whole world needs this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So she began, you know, she introduced it to us at one of her coaching programs. And I went, oh, that's me. (laughs) Somebody figured out a way to explain because I had clients and team members in my direct sales business and leader sisters in my business who were asking, how do you get your team to do X, Y, and Z. How do you, and I, and I was like, I don't know. I'm just me. I, mm. I, I don't know. I just, I just, <laughs> I do. And then they do and it works. Right. I, like, I didn't know how to explain it. And all of a sudden I went, Oh, that's how I did it. Right. I, I did the Ohana thing. So now I finally had a way to explain to other people and while I could go teach it, I'm certainly not going to be able to teach it as well as you because you've been doing the Ohana thing for so long. So, you know, can we take a moment to, to go back over the Ohana, O-H-A-N-A, not that obviously we don't want to give all the secrets of Ohana away right now, but let's give the overview a little bit slower of O-H-A-N-A, what those stand for. Okay. Well, and... Usually when I do it live with a group, we have like hand gestures and stuff. We do it to help anchor it. I'll do the the vocal part of it that will hopefully be helpful. Mm -hmm. So Ohana means family. O-H-A-N-A stands for oasis, harmony, assertiveness, 
nobility, and aloha. Now, the backup into each one of those oases is to be a refreshing refuge. And that is to show up as the person. Someone can just drop their guard around. But I don't have to watch out for myself. I don't have to watch my back. I don't need to have my guard up. I don't need to have my armor on because I'm safe here. I can take an opportunity to just relax and just be because I have no enemies here. No one here is going to seek to do me harm. And to be that person and to help build that safe community. Harmony is infinite diversity and infinite combinations aimed at greatness. And your metaphor here is think of a symphony. You've got all of these musical instruments in the hands of all of these great musicians, but they're not just showing up in their individual greatness to do whatever they want to do. You don't tell an entire orchestra, well, everyone play your favorite piece of music and go. <laughs> because you, you don't have an orchestra. You don't have a, a, a symphony there. And so you take all of this variety and you put it together in all these interesting combinations to do something great together. And the idea there is we don't have to be the same to be together. Mm. And a, a big part of harmony is to understand like, what are problems to solve and, and what are issues to navigate rather than make these, these differences and these mismatches into causes for condemnation, causes for judgment. Assertiveness. Okay, I love assertiveness, as, especially as compared to aggression. So aggression is moving without respect for others. So you're just going to do what you're going to do and darn it, other people are just going to have to deal with it. And very commonly we find out sometimes we move forward. <laughs> Some, sometimes we fought, but we ended up moving backwards or sideways. Assertiveness is moving forward on purpose with respect for others, which means that you have a forward. Now, your forward may not agree with my forward. That's totally okay. But you know that you have a forward, and to you it's forward. And you do it on purpose, which has a double meaning. One of the meanings is you're doing it intentionally. The other meaning is that you have a larger purpose and that you do it with respect for others. And in that sense, all of us can be assertive together, even if we're moving in different direction, because we have so much respect for each other. Hmm. Nobility is to be our highest and best selves. And the metaphor for nobility is the royal knight. And so you know, for you, it'd be the princess knight. For me, it'd be the princely knight. And the, the princess or the prince, it's the ruler. It's the representative of the higher thing, of the higher authority, the higher cause, the higher purpose. It's the leadership responsibility. It's the embodiment responsibility. And the knightliness has to do with walking in that power, walking in that authority, facing the problems and the challenges with strength and courage. And then aloha. Aloha is another Hawaiian word, and it means love. And it's much more expansive than that. But they also use it as hello and goodbye. You could think of it as a loving hello or a fond farewell. And it's showing up in love, which I define cleanly with three simple things. One is, I want the best for you. Two is, I want to be the best for you. 
And number three is, I want you to have transcendent joy. And if those three things are true, all as compass headings, because there is no best. So there is no one singular best where I can say, I've nailed it. There will never, ever, for all of time, ever be anything better than this. So it's a compass heading goal, always heading in that direction. And if I love you, if I love my customer, if I love the people I work with, I'm always looking for what is in their best interests, what's in their better interests than what's going on right now. And I'm always seeking to be a better person in whatever role I have in their lives, or even the, determining whether I'm well-suited for a given role, and that I am seeking their joy. And when you put all of those together, of Ohana as family and Oasis harmony, assertiveness, nobility, and aloha, then you have built this community of family, this relationship of connection. And that's what Ohana is all about. I absolutely love that. And you know how I feel about it, right? I mean, in three years, I've been gushing over Ohana uh, because I really, truly believe that, you know, this is something that can transform not only business, because obviously as a business coach, someone in the direct sales coaching world, I can see where Ohana would be so beneficial for a leader of a team because in direct sales, all of us are independent business owners. So when you are leading a team, you're leading a team of volunteers. (laughs) They don't don't have to do what you say, right? You're not the boss. You're the leader. You're not the manager. You're the leader. There's a totally different way of working with people in that that sense. And so when you create a, a space of Ohana, which I feel like I did on accident with my team because it's just who I am, right? It's it. As soon as all of those O H A N A were spelled out for me, I had this moment of, oh, that's how I did it. Okay, good, <laughs> right? And if if other leaders could learn how to do those things, because I think I really truly believe great leaders in direct sales are already doing many of those things, but they aren't doing all of them, and so that's where they're finding those plateaus in their leadership skills is because they're hitting a spot where they're not necessarily an oasis or they may not necessarily be in the nobility place or they may not be embodying all of aloha, right? They may have little bits and pieces or maybe they're slightly more aggressive than they are assertive, right? So if they can learn these different pieces of ohana and it's a way of being and then also beginning to teach their team these things or bringing in someone like you or someone like me who can work with their team on Ohana and how to be Ohana with your customers, be Ohana with your team, be Ohana with your leader. It can really begin to create a a true community because you have this amazing story, which is what made our mutual friend and coach, Virginia, really begin to see the power of Ohana. Can you share with everybody that, that, that story that (laughs) brought to our attention, like how powerful having an Ohana is? Oh, yes, I I can do that. In fact, I will lead in with uh, something I found absolutely stunning. So my martial art is 
one of the most comprehensive, effective, challenging arts around. And a lot of people have learned it over the years. And when we closed my San Diego dojo, we had an end of the era party. And one of the gifts they gave me was a journal that several of my students, past and present, wrote me notes in. Well, the curious thing to me is not one of them talked about the art, the technique, the effective self-defense, the training, not what. What they talked about was the ohana. And that like, well, on on one hand, that is super cool. On the other hand, what about all this work? And this is near the grandmaster and stuff. (laughs) 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 And so it it was at once beautiful uh, combined with like, but you know, The dojo part was about the art. But the interesting thing that happened in the dojo happened a few years back. And this is what grabbed the the business world's attention. uh, Virginia was the one that you know, but several of my business owner friends, it kind of like jumped out of them. So I'm in Las Vegas and I'm out on a date and I'm, I'm having a good time. And at the end of the date, I'm walking back toward my car and I pull out my phone. I haven't looked at my phone for a while. And I've got these 13 points of contact coming at me from this one person in San Diego. Hmm. Thinking, okay, clearly someone's trying to get hold of me. I've got missed calls. I've got voicemails. I've got text messages. I've got Facebook messages. I've got Attempts to get hold of me by uh, FaceTime, attempts to get hold of me by Facebook video. So it was good. okay, I better get hold of him. Something happened. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I don't listen to anything or, or, or look at anything. I just said, okay, I better call him right away. So I don't know what's going on yet until I talk to him. And I said, hey, Jamar, what's up? He said, there's a car in the dojo. <laughs> and after a pause, like, okay, wait, <clears throat> one, one more time. Well, what had happened? was somehow someone had crashed a car through my storefront. Mm. They had wiped out the entire storefront, destroyed the parent lounge, destroyed the pro shop, destroyed the the wall in between the sides, destroyed the the kid lounge. And it it was a, a mess. And I'm trying to figure out, like, how is this even possible? Because we have a street and then there's a sidewalk. Then there's this area of grass that has trees in it. Then there's the parking lot. And then there's another sidewalk. And then there's my storefront. And somehow someone crashed a car into that. I I couldn't wrap my head around that at the time. So he sent me a picture. And there was a car crashed into my dojo. Oh, my gosh. So I made one phone call uh, to one of my black belts to let her know what had happened. And I... Let her know, okay, you have total authority to make whatever decisions need to be made. And the the curious thing is I didn't have to tell anyone else she had that authority. Just people know that in our ohana, if someone shows up and says, okay, I've been given the authority to make these decisions, everyone say, okay, well, you're part of the ohana. And if you say that you were given the authority, then we just trust you because that's part of Oasis, that we don't Mm -hmm. have to keep our guard up around you. And she took command and then she delegated to other leaders and I had 24 hour security for the whole time the place was opened up the next morning without any kind of phone tree with no call for help people start showing up to help I had team members even handle the media when the media showed up 
and they handled the interview process. They handled getting all of the photographs and information to the news so that they could run their piece. They handled the cleanup. They dealt with the fire department. They dealt with the police department. They dealt with the county inspector. They dealt with SDG&E when they came to shut the system down. And we had so much help instead of turning people away. So all of that is going on. Now, meanwhile, I'm, I'm on vacation in Las Vegas. Now, I had meetings. And people were telling us, like, oh, you know, I, I saw on Facebook what had happened. Totally understand you have to go back to San Diego. So no, no, I'm still here. We'll still have lunch together or we'll still have dinner together. Said, well, wait, but didn't something happen at your business? Like, oh, yeah, it's okay. It's being handled. Because not only were they taking care of it, they even told me, two people told me, it's like, we've got it. Don't worry about it. Stay on vacation. One person even says, don't you dare come back. We'll be offended if you come back. We've got this. Aww. And uh, Virginia was one of the ones that said, like, oh, my gosh, I saw what happened at your business. I'm so sorry. You're going to miss your vacation time in Las Vegas. And when I told her, no, no, it's okay. It, it's covered. It's like, wait, do you have a team that's handling that? It's like, well, your employees? No, no, my clients are taking care of it. To which she said, what? <laughs> like, okay, Scott, there's raving fans, but this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Whose clients? show up to handle a disaster at that level. That's crazy. And she saw that within 24 hours of the accident occurring, not only did I have team members there for 24 solid hours, self-organized. I didn't coordinate any of them. They, they self-organized. But in 24 hours, the place was cleaned up, the place was boarded up, and everything was handled. And I stayed on vacation and classes ran on the, the Monday after the accident, just as they would have if I wasn't there. They just worked around having the place locked up. And I came home with my regular schedule. That is amazing. And that, to me, it, I agree with Virginia, is just jaw-droppingly amazing that, I mean, most of us can't imagine having our clients show up to take care of our business if something happened to the business while we were gone right and knowing that it was taken care of like no worry i'll stay on vacation it's all good they got this right that creating that level of trust that level of family that that level of we will be offended <laughs> if you come back is just absolutely amazing. And, and just thinking about the impact that that level of family and trust and Ohana, you know, and taking that into the direct sales world, because obviously, you know, my listener is in the direct sales world. They, they are wanting to, have that kind of community with people, but they just don't know how to do it. You've got a way to share that with them. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about how you plan to share Ohana with the world? Uh, well, so for you listener, imagine for a moment, the level of confidence you can have working with your organization if they can count on you to be that person. And they know it. If you can count on them, because, you know, stuff is going to happen. And it's going to happen to them, or it's going to happen to you. It's going to happen downline. It's going to happen upline. And if all of you know you are Ohana, 
all of you know that we are family. We are all on the same side. We are all here to help each other. That we don't have to have our guard up around each other because we have oasis. We don't have to be the same. We can still work together because we have harmony. We can work together to get things done, sometimes even if we disagree on some parts of it, because we use assertiveness. That we will show up as our highest and best selves as leaders, seeking to be a light, not a judge, because we have aloha and we are truly seeking the best for each other and being positive on purpose. And when we put that together and we know how to approach conversations when things need to change and we can affect that change without creating conflict, we can solve problems without it turning into a fight. And that when something goes wrong, and it will, we're human, there's a guaranteed lack of perfection when you have human beings involved in any system. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, you may not have seen it yet. <laughs> and, and that happens. And when you can walk into a problem situation with a person and you already know you've got a win-win that's going to happen. But the only way it's not going to be a win-win is if the other person decides that they don't want to win. And you have the framework and you know the one-on-one framework sometimes I'll talk about is hero, villain, victim, where you walk in and say, look, I am trying to recruit you to help make things better. The problem is the villain. You are the hero. I am counting on you to cooperate with me as you and I become this dynamic duo to overcome this villain problem that's trying to mess things up with us. And just showing up with that level of ohana and then communicating with one another where you connect as you seek to understand first and kind of define any ambiguous terms so that you have a mutual vocabulary you're working with. And then you seek to be understood. And there's this whole chain you use to affect change when something needs to be fixed. The simplest version that we have is we have the books. And in fact, right now, if someone goes to uh, uh, scottwith1t.com, and I believe you may have a link to that somewhere. Mm -hmm. In the show notes. Oh, beautiful. So they go to the show notes and click on the show notes link so that I know that you came through this podcast. I know that you came from Jenny. You can also pick up a free copy of the books, and that's a simple way to deliver. I have a video program, audio downloads and handouts. The big one, though, is I have a six-week live course where I train people in deep application of Ohana using the format of the Ohana Change Conversation. And man, is that powerful. And whenever you're talking to someone, it's, it's, it's huge. Ohana conversations are huge. I 100% agree because... It, it has certainly changed the way that I approach difficult conversations, right? And, I, and you were there when I had to have a difficult conversation with somebody a, a few months ago. Um, we happened to both be in St. Louis for a coaching program. And I said, Scott, I'm going to have to have a conversation. And you were actually <laughs> able to help coach me through that conversation in a way that really ended up with, you know, a really best case scenario that ended up being a win-win-win for everybody eventually, which was phenomenal. But had I not 
had the lang the Ohana language to be able to come in and say, Hey, look, <laughs> <laughs> I have to have a conversation with someone who doesn't get the Ohana way. How do I do it? Right. And having that, that Ohana conversation masterclass, it's phenomenal, but it's really going to be best for somebody to know how to have those hard conversations, whether it's with someone who gets Ohana or not, if they actually have an understanding of Ohana. And so as Scott mentioned, I do have a link in the show notes to a free download for you to check out the Ohana Way report. And then he will also then give you a way to join his Ohana. And when you join the Ohana, you get a copy of the book and then you're able to be a part of that Ohana conversation masterclass, which I highly recommend because it has completely changed the way that I uh, converse with others and it, in a good way, right? <laughs> it's changed it in a good way uh, because, you know, one thing I have learned in 42 years of being in this world is many, many people don't fully understand how to, number one, approach a, a difficult conversation. So many people will, will avoid it while it keeps festering and getting worse and getting worse until eventually they have to deal with it. And then emotions are at this huge high peak and it just, everything explodes and goes completely nuclear. Or they have the conversation in a way that ends up throwing everything into complete disarray and relationships are destroyed, and that's not the intention, right? They don't want that, but that's what happens because they just don't know how to, number one, approach the conversation, number two, how to communicate in a way that gets people on their side, even if they are seemingly on completely opposite sides. Mm -hmm. And you know, coming from you know, a, a lawyerly background, <laughs> a lot of teaching people this stuff is like, okay, once you're at war, it's too late. Mm -hmm. Like you, you can't be punching each other in the face and then go, oh, let me try this nice person tactic. Like, you know, people have bloody noses already. The fight started. Mm -hmm. Man, if you can start with this stuff. And if you're the leader, if you've got an issue arising in your downline and you know, you might only have a dozen people already and, and you're going to say, already, how, how am I having a problem already? <laughs> but it's, if you're the leader, the hard conversation is your responsibility. And if you have the format and you have the training, the hard conversation is a win-win because you know, and here, here's a big one to me. Never have the same conversation twice to try to accomplish the same thing. You already know it didn't work. So now you move to the next step. And there's steps. It's so cool. It's built into this, this, this chain where it's like, okay, at this level, at, we didn't get the result we agreed to. So now we take it to the next one and the next one. And some of you may skip levels because you may already know from your discussion, okay, we have to jump right to here. And if you know how to have the conversation, you've got the, the trained skill set and the practice. Wow, does that make a difference? I definitely agree because the, the level of drama in my life since I've learned the Ohana way has dropped exponentially. <laughs> You know, I was not a friend with drama before, but now we are, we are like 
distant cousins at this point, you know? The, not to say that drama doesn't still occasionally rear its ugly head in my life. Um, yeah, it, it always will. And it's less disruptive. Mm -hmm. it's, it's something that I know that I know how to handle, right? It's, there's a level of confidence that comes with the fact that I know that as long as I take the time to breathe and then begin to think of this from an Ohana point of view and really think of, okay, how can we go through that Ohana conversation process with somebody, whether they know the process or not, it's so much easier with someone else who knows it, right? The, the people in my Ohana who know that when I go, okay, what's our win-win? They get it. Like they know what that is and we can begin, we can start there, you know? Because luckily, as I was going through the Ohana process, so was my boyfriend at the same time. So, you know, we don't have to have fights. It's wonderful. We just go, okay, what's our win-win? When there's a place where we have come to a place where we don't agree on something, which is fairly rare, but when we get there, we go, okay, what's the win-win? How do we, how do we both come out ahead on this, right? Or no deal, mm -hmm. right? That, that makes that whole conversation so much easier because, you know, in relationships, there are hard conversations, whether it's with a spouse, significant other, a child, you know, gosh, imagine as a parent, and I'm so lucky that I've been able to start teaching the Ohana stuff to my kids, right? It has totally changed parenting in a positive way. So like, I, I just want the the listener to really begin to understand how Ohana is not just about business. It's not just about family. It's not just about relationship, but it's something that literally comes from the way of being who you are and changes everything for the better. Well, that's why we have, have the chain is to be Ohana, to build Ohana, and then bring Ohana to the world. Oh, yes. Well, that, that's part of why I'm having you here because <laughs> we've got to get it out there because I really truly believe the difference that this will make in, in the lives and businesses of, of the people who are going to hear this. So Scott, thank you so much for your super valuable time and sharing this with everybody who's listening. I so appreciate you. Thank you very much. And for the listener, thank you for being here. And I hope this has made and will continue to make a difference for you. And if you come pick up the free books and uh, check out the masterclass that you will walk away with tremendous value that can be transformational in all of your connections in your life. Absolutely. So everybody check the show notes, but I'm going to, in case you're, in case you're not able to get into your show notes right at the moment, it's Scott with one T and that's S C O T W I T H the number one T.com. And then the rest of the link is very interesting. Question mark C M B equals Jenny B. Okay. So again, you can just go into the show notes and click on that in order to get access to a free copy of the Ohana Way report. And then you will also from that point have the opportunity to begin joining the Ohana uh, join Scott's Ohana and be a part of my Ohana to really understand the language because now I'm beginning to even use this language in my coaching with my clients and they're starting to go, well, what's that? I don't get that. What's that? <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to have to bring you in as a, as a guest speaker on some of my, on some of my client groups here. So absolutely. I would be honored. 
Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you again, Scott, for being here. And thank you, listener, for being here. And make sure you stay tuned for the next badass episode. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.